Assalamu alaikum. I hope that my previous video, my reflections on tawaf, brought some insights or some deeper meanings to any of you who's contemplating about making hajj or um, putting forth this uh, intention to do this requirement for Muslims. And um, I hope that it gave you some insights there. So as promised, I mentioned that today I'm going to be talking about Isai. And Isai is the journey of Sayyidah Hajar, wife of Prophet Ibrahim, going back and forth between two hills in an effort to find somebody or something um, to keep her company or to help her with supplies and so on. So here is where it's, it's again, it's an amazing experience that Prophet Ibrahim had received a command from Allah to take Sayyidah Hajar and their son Ismail to this holy valley where there's no plants, there's no nothing, there's nothing in this valley. And here he left her by herself and left. And this is an amazing, amazing story. But let me share the screen here also so that you can get an idea about uh, what I'm talking about as well. So here is, of course, these are my reflections on Hajj and Esai. Um, and here is a, a picture. I, and I'm using my own pictures and videos, by the way. So I noticed that on YouTube, the the motion of the tawaf or the motion of the people on the video is a little bit choppy. <laughs> but please uh, bear with me. And I think I'm not very tech savvy, but I'm, you know, I'm sure that you get the picture and get an idea about uh, what I would love to show you. So here's part of um, one of the hills of Safa. And here is where, you know, like you get a depiction of what it looked like. You get just an idea. And of course, the Saudi government is doing a great job maintaining those sites and at the same time, making it comfortable for people who go for Hajj to, to be comfortable as well, especially during summer months, like what I've gone through this, this month of July. And it was, of course, extremely hot out there, but inside it's absolutely wonderful with the air conditioning and so on, which I'm very grateful for. Of course, you cannot imagine when, say, the Hajar back then has gone through this experience. I have no idea what the weather was like, but, you know, like it can give you, you know, some... Um, some ideas about how it looked like. So the Sai is really an amazing ritual, part of Al-Hajj. And it depicts, again, the story of Sayyidah Hajar when, you know, like being left by herself in this desert, in this valley, um, with nothing there except her faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, her faith in God. Um, and that is why she asked Prophet Ibrahim, is that a command from God? And he said, yes, it's a command from God. So she went ahead with it and she was very accepting of the situation. Her human emotions of thought, of course, you know, like after Prophet Ibrahim left, her she was, of course, by herself in this area with no one there, just she and her baby. Her emotions, you know, her, her human emotions, of course, explodes with fear for her baby because, uh, you know, after some time, um, supplies are running low. 
her milk is is you know drying up maybe her body is becoming frail and it's you know it's it's really a tough time to think about um she panics she she, she goes back and forth she's trying to find a solution uh when her supply of food and water are running out and her mind wanders of course you know like the thing that kept her strong and that kept her going is her trust in Allah and strengthened. And it it keeps on, again, which the strange thing that with that trust in Allah, it was getting stronger and stronger, you know, as she went back and forth between those hills. So she climbs herself a hill, looks beyond the horizon. Maybe there's a caravan, maybe there is a nomad or there's somebody passing by, you know, to accompany her, give her supplies or help her in one way or another. But we know, of course, that Prophet Ibrahim had made a supplication that he asked God and he asked him to have people go there for, you know, in that valley, to go there with them, with his wife and with his son. So, and we know that this supplication has become true until this day until you know if as i'm as i wrote those words as i'm talking with you today a lot of people are there a lot of people go there every time if it's not for hajj it's for umrah which is a smaller depiction of hajj so when she's going back and forth Again, her confidence is increasing that Allah will not forsaken her, that God's not going to leave her alone. And something will happen. Something will happen there. So as I, as I went through a sigh, and I would imagine the kind of emotions, you know, being a mother myself and the kind of emotions that she had gone through while trying to figure out the wisdom behind this order, this command from Allah to Prophet Ibrahim and to take her in this place. So she must have the strongest faith and the strongest trust in Allah's command that no doubt was present, you know, to shake her confidence. And um, I wondered why we are to depict her experience. Why are we supposed to go through what she had gone through and while we're doing Hajj or Umrah? So going from one hill to another hill, you know, seven times. Again, the number seven, that's another story by itself that needs a longer explanation. But here I'm focusing on a sigh. And of course, the tawaf also we mentioned seven times. Um, there's the inner deeper meaning that we think um, that we know, but sometimes, you know, we just have to keep on thinking, you know, what is behind all of this. So, it must be that building that confidence and trust in Allah that never should never be doubted, that we know that her prayers were answered, that the prayers of Prophet Ibrahim's supplications were answered. And um, there is one supplication specifically that, of course, uh, Prophet Muhammad, when he was doing Sai, he would say, you know, a lot of supplications and a lot's written in the books, you know, that we accompany with us or we take with us uh, to Hajj and Umrah to read from and repeat and so on. But there was one supplication in particular, and especially that there is um, there is this part here, if you see this picture in the middle with the green lights on top, and it's a long stretch. 
where this sort of like area, she would hurry and run a little bit faster during that time. And she would say those special words. Um, I'm going to say them in Arabic and I'm going to do my best to translate them. And that is, uh, warham wafu so here is, again, she's saying, I'm translating the best of my ability. So my God, forgive and bestow mercy, pardon and bestow your generosity, transcend over what you know. You know what we don't know. You are Allah, the most cherished, the most generous. Praising Allah and his oneness, you know, like, again, this supplication, you know, we repeat it every time we go during this um, stretch of hurrying. Um, it just gives so much confidence and strength and, and just this trust, again, in Allah that for his oneness, for his forgiveness, for his mercy, yearning for his, you know, generosity, his pardon. Um, this is an only example of love and connection with God, connection with Allah and the hope that's building up inside of us as we're doing this, even for our own supplications when we're going through this, what we want to have happen in our lives. What are we yearning for? What do we want in the future? Asking also for forgiveness for what has happened, you know, in the past. Um, transcending over all material things. You know, and when when we're talking about Allah transcending, you know, like and um, over what he he knows, of course, everything behind the commands. He knows everything. The wisdom, his wisdom, is beyond our own comprehension sometimes. So, going through this feelings of love and connection and hope. Um, asking for things for our future and for our children and for our lives and for the afterlife, you know, of course, acknowledging, we're acknowledging all that Allah knows and we're acknowledging what he has stored for us in his wisdom and in his, um, in, in those commands, even that he, he's, he had given us in the Quran and in our religion and through Prophet Muhammad So again, this level of connectedness, it just connection with Allah, it just give us this inner peace, uh, inner, inner, inner peace and fulfillment. I wanted to put inner peace and fulfillment together and it's, it came inner. So anyway, it's this inner peace and fulfillment that just fills our hearts when we're doing that. Um, Sayyidah Hajar, Hajar knew that there was a deep wisdom in Allah's commands to send her and her child in this place, in this particular place. And she knew deep in her heart that Allah will take care of her and her child. And of course, Prophet Ibrahim had the same kind of confidence or else he wouldn't have left. As we go back and forth seven times between those two hills, enacting Hajar's experience, we make those supplications, we develop this deep connection and praise with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and having that confidence and trust that he will take care of us in the way that he sees best for us. 
we go through this experience and come out with full trust and confidence in Allah's commands. So this is, these are just some reflections. I know there is more inside of me that needs to come out and I'm going to be sharing with you again, you know, my reflections about the day of Tarwiyah, and that's the day before we go to Arafat and the day of Arafat. And those reflections, there's so much that I would like to share with you, but at least you're getting a picture of what I'm talking about. And here is where, again, coming back from Hajj to reality, to world, you know, like, it's not that this is fantasy, but it's real things that happened in the past that we are trying to reset our inner compass, our inner humanity to become better, to be the best versions of ourselves. At the same time, coming to, to life, to practical life, it is a challenge. And here is where our trust and confidence in Allah that stays with us, that's what we want to keep on holding on to after we go through Hajj, after we go through this experience. And sometimes you don't necessarily have to go through this experience if somebody cannot afford to go to Hajj. And, you know, they can build this trust and confidence in them by relating to the Quran and relating to what's being said in the Quran and the Allah's commands in the Quran. This is the way that Allah is communicating with us when we read Quran. So I wish that this resonated with you somehow. And I wish that um, next time you will join me also in my reflections about the day of Tarwiyah. So I'm taking you little by little as we're going through Hajj here. So thank you so much for listening and for um, being a partner with me in this journey.